Theatrical Shenanigans with Greg Hatfield. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Theatrical Shenanigans, my audio podcast created to broadcast the talent of playwrights and performers all over the world. And who am I? Well, if you don't know, then it would be rude not to tell you. I am Rachel Feeney-Williams, independent playwright of 184 plays and producer of this podcast from a little corner of Devon in the UK. Since January 2023, Theatrical Shenanigans have produced 12 plays across season 1 and the start of season 2, and this week is no exception. However, it's not all about the plays. Oh no, because to discuss the plays and keep you from getting lonely, we also have a lovely guest for company. My guest this week is no stranger to theatrical shenanigans. His play Monday, Tuesday, Friday was produced in episode two of last season, but that is the least of his achievements. As well as being a talented playwright, director and actor, he's also a member of the Dramatist Guild, as well as an award-winning comedy troupe, Dr. Brown Dog's Monkey Time, which, as I've said before, is a fabulous name. And now he joins me for a chat. He is Greg Hatfield. Welcome, Greg. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Absolutely not a problem at all. Um, so I have a million and four things that I could ask you about in your career, but as always, we start at the beginning. Uh, how did you get started? I've always been a writer and, um, and I started writing, uh, a humor column for my college newspaper Hmm. and, um, you know, this was, you know, way back when. And uh, I enjoyed that. I, I've always, I've always liked comedy. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian when I was uh, a kid, um, and I was fortunate early in my life to um, get to know, what not personally, but but through their work, uh, people like George Kaufman and uh, W. C. Fields and mm. all, 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 a lot of the great comedians and and writers and Fred Allen. And I, and I wanted to be a comedy writer for as long as I, I can remember. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I started, I started doing that. Um, and in college, I actually did, uh, work, do some stand-up work and then real life took over Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I had to get a job. So, uh, uh, fortunately I, I had, I had a few skills and, uh, got into marketing but while I was writing for work uh, my creative writing kind of slowed mm. to a, a, a trickle um, but then later in life I had an idea for a play mm. and I which was uh, Monday Tuesday Friday mm. and and I thought well gee whiz and it, and it just wouldn't it just wouldn't go away. That feeling I should write this play just would not leave me. So I sat down and I wrote it and I, and I liked it. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. I say your, your success spans the globe. Is that not right? Well, it, it, well, uh, yes. Uh, technic, technically, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we could, we could all do better. Um, but yes, I've had I've had some luck uh, in the UK. Um, uh, one, my ten minute play, uh, it's called the ten minute play, uh, was recently performed in in London uh, mm. last uh, late last year, and uh, 
um, you know, I count uh, the theatrical shenanigans uh, production as being UK <laughs> uh, based. So I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm very happy for that. Um, I'm just waiting for somebody to pick up one of my other plays and do a full production of it in the UK, so I can have an excuse to come to come visit and mm -hmm. uh, and see the and see the show. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very ha happy for for all of the. Um, all of the readings and, and productions. I think for comedy is you have any kind of uh, existing or uh, classic comedians who inspire the way you, the way you write? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned uh, George Kaufman and, and, mm. and Moss Hart. Um, I'm a huge fan. I've been, a, you know, uh, Moss Hart's book, Act One, uh, literally changed changed my life along mm. with the uh, Harpo Speaks by Harpo Marx, who introduced me to everyone literally in the Algonquin Round Table. Mm. Um, so you know, I you know, I follow you know, I learned all about about them, uh, those folks, and um, I'm a big Noel Coward fan. Mm. Uh, I, I try to pattern myself. As as you know, professional as those folks mm. are. That's the interesting thing about writing um, comedy versus other genres. Is comedy is so much more about audience perspective as much as it is about the contents of the play. Because you can show the same play to six, seven different audiences in different countries or different generations, and each will react in a different, slightly different way. <laughs> And, and yeah, that's that's true. I I, I did a, I did a production uh, uh, a, a couple of months ago. Uh, uh, it, it was it's a one act play called Curtain Call mm. uh, about um, two actors uh, based on Alfred Lunt and Lynn, Lynn Fontan um, who have just come off stage on, on one of the great triumphs of their stage career. And they don't think they've done a very good job, so they want to quit mm. the play. And the playwright is uh, really, really mad at them about that. Um, and it's it, it's a comedy. And the one of the producers of the of the show came up to me afterwards, and he goes, "You know, I read that play, and I knew it was funny, but I didn't know where it was funny." Mm. <laughs> And, and uh, but tonight, here you know, with the audience and their and their laughter and uh, and how they reacted to the play, he goes, he goes, it's it's very very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was I was I was I was pretty happy about that. Well, one last question, but it is has been described as the most uh, difficult to answer. Of all your experiences and project, is there one kind of standout moment for you? Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I wrote the 10 minute play mm. um, and it was accepted from a theater conference in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. So it's, it's a kind of a distance uh, west of Cincinnati, mm -hmm. and, but I decided to go. Uh, it was mm. accepted in this festival and it was a theater conference, uh, playwriting conference. And I thought, well, maybe I could learn something and I'd see what other people were doing. And, uh, and I would hear my, 
get to hear my play uh, being read, and it was and it, the, the plays were uh, adjudicated by um, a professional playwright, and they had agents there, and you know it was a nice nice little conference. And I thought, well, I'll just I'm I'm gonna go. So I went, and I heard my my play, and it was you know in a room full of actors and other playwrights and it went over so well and it mm. was uh, so fun the cast was it's a, a two-person cast and they were both just excellent and uh, nailed every joke and people were, were you know doubled over with laughter and it was so satisfying there is no better feeling than kind of sitting there looking up at a stage and thinking those are my words I, I i made those characters um so yeah it's it's a wonderful feeling yeah 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 there's really there's really nothing nothing like it well now that we've heard about greg from the man himself it's time for me to introduce our playwright for this week ron birch is based in los angeles and is another person with an extensive list of achievements as well as plays, Ron also works in film and television, where he's had such achievements as being the executive producer for the DreamWorks animated TV show Dino Trucks and winning a Humanitas Award for his part in the 2017 film Ferdinand. Ron's collection of plays have had over 125 10-minute and full-length play productions and have been produced in various anthologies. And if all of that wasn't enough, he has also written a novel entitled J.D.P., which has been described as a witty portrayal of America's obsession with the Hollywood celebrity. Ron's play that we're here to listen to is called Ghosted, and it tells the story of Avery and Billy, a couple trying to enjoy a restful night's sleep in a house they've purchased. However, they're discovering it comes with one problem, a very resilient ghost. Theatrical Shenanigans presents Ghosted by Ron Birch. Sleep, Avery. No, I'm friends with a talking frog in the park. Okay, must have been a dream. Billy, Avery. Huh? Oh God, Avery. What? It's the ghost again. Oh, just ignore him. He'll go away. All right. I'm not going away. Come on, you gotta be kidding me. Wake up! What? Huh? What? I'm haunting you. Yeah, we know. It's annoying. Can you please stop? Boo! Dude, 
Get a new word. If I'm going to the trouble of haunting you, can't you at least work with me here? Scream, run around, pray to something? Look, you're no poltergeist. But I'm a ghost, and you're the living, and livers are scared of ghosts. You've been trying for weeks since we've moved in. It's not happening. These things take time, you know? We have to get in a rhythm. <sighs> you're just not very scary. How can you say that? I've done the spooky voices. I made objects float. I made your stuffed animals talk. I even stomped around in your attic, which uh, really needs a cleaning. I've seen scarier things in movies. How dare you? I've spent a hundred years honing my ghostly skills. I had the last delivers out of here in six months. Don't make me walk around without my head. Look, ghost... Daryl. My name is Daryl. Again, not scary. Hi, I'm Daryl. I'll be your ghost this evening. <laughs> I know what you're doing. You're trying to ignore me. Did you say something? Honey? Stop ghosting me. It's rude. You want us to pay attention to you? Okay. Fine. Boo. You will suck as a ghost. Boo. Boo. To knock it off. Daryl, no offence, but can't you just be a ghost somewhere else? Can't you live somewhere else? This is my house. It was quiet until you two moved here. Hello. Dead guy? Clue for you? You're deceased. Kaput. You've ridden the pale horse to Rainbow Bridge and gone to the farm. It's now our house. Your house? I built it. Yeah. A hundred years ago. Move on, dude. Where are you going? I'll be right back. <laughs> what are you carrying? Garlic. We only have one clove. That's for vampires. Okay. I have more things. A cross. <laughs> Calling the Middle Ages. What's the bag of crisps for? I was hungry. Oh, well, my phone recommends we burn sage. That's supposed to chase off spirits. I love potpourri. Do you have allspice? What about a priest? He's not coming back here. Last time I froze his holy water. Mm, Google says we can demand that he leave. Okay. Ghost, we demand that you leave our house immediately. Maybe you should try that while having a chip. You're just jealous that we can still eat. Mm. Keep up with those and you'll be on my side faster than you know it. This site says we should clean the house. Are we going to vacuum him out? Some light dusting? No matter what you do, I'm not leaving. This is my home. No, this is our house. Guys! Do you want to see my deed? Yeah? Do you want to see mine? Avery, where'd I put the mortgage folder? Billy, stop. This isn't getting us anywhere. Mr. Ghost. Daryl. Right, Daryl. Why are you such an angry spirit? Because I have to live with you two. And it's the only way to get your attention. 
You're so loud. If your TVs aren't on, then you have your heads buried in your computers and phones. And those 24-hour cable news shows, they give me a headache. And I'm dead. Then why are you bothering us? Why do you go see eternal rest or whatever dead people do? Have you not heard of insomnia? Oh, I have insomnia. It sucks. It's the worst. Ah, oh, totally. Avery, stop talking to it. We're trying to get it to leave. I have a name. I'm not talking to you, Daryl. Billy, I don't think he's going to leave. I'm not. Why not? Because I have nowhere else to go. Well, maybe you need to get out more. Don't you have any ghost friends you can visit or see a movie with? Ghosts don't have friends. We all live in our own little spaces. I do wave to one about three houses down. Seems nice. Maybe all this haunting, Daryl, is your way of reaching out. To be our friend. Oh, he's lonely. <laughs> That's ridiculous. All I want is some acknowledgement of my needs. Okay, well, we can do that. Since we all live in this house together... We could have some ground rules. Ground rules? Are we going to make him do chores? Billy, he's all by himself. It wouldn't hurt us to be his friend. Okay? (sighs) Okay. I might consider ground rules. Like what, Daryl? No loud noises after midnight. Even ghosts need some downtime. We could do that. Right, Billy? Yeah, I guess. Then Daryl... You have to knock before entering a room, and no walking through walls. Sorry about that. I was in the bathroom. But you'll try, right, Daryl? Of course. I accept. All right. Deal. Thank you. We'll be more quiet. Well, now that we're all awake, do you want to watch some TV? Sure. What's on? There's a paranormal investigation show we like. Okay. But I always root for the ghosts. Crisp? Thanks, honey. Daryl? I'm dieting. It's hard not to give a ah at the ending. That was Dominic McGee as Billy, Francesca Morago as Avery, and Anthony Targan as Daryl the Ghost in Ghosted by Ron Birch. So, Greg, first impressions? What did you think? I liked it. It was it was it was very uh, very sweet. Uh, I, <laughs> I I thought uh, I I like I like the characters. Uh, the acting uh, was terrific. Mm. I guess I, I like the fact that it's a new twist on a the genre of ghost story, as it were. Because um, obviously you have the kind of, you know, ghost trying to drive people out of their house, but very rarely do you see the people going, no, we're not going anywhere. We paid a mortgage. It's our house. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's been a nice theatrical device uh, for, for years and years. Mm. Um Shakespeare, uh, Hamlet, and Macbeth, and uh, and of course, um, you know, Blythe Spirit. Yeah. Uh, um, Scooby Doo. I don't know if you get Scooby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Christmas Carol, you know, you know, and thing, you know, things, things along that that line. Uh, but it, but it's, but this was very nice. Uh, Daryl the Ghost. Uh, you know, I really. Uh, I, I was really impressed uh, by Daryl the Ghost. He, uh, you know, he, he, you know, all he wanted was a friend. 
and uh, and you know he uh, he was able to to compromise and 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 now he's part of the now he's part of the family. Mm-hmm. But I thought yeah I thought it was, I thought it was very sweet. I, I did love the kind of the side commentary on almost like modern society that we're so numb to things now because of like the movies and video games and stuff going on in the news that we seem to just not react to things that previously you would find scary. So you look at um, older films and uh, and TV shows, a ghost pops up, people are instantly terrified. People run a mile screaming and then you've oh, got yeah. you've got this modern day where the ghost pops up and they no no reaction whatsoever. Yeah, we've been uh, uh, been made immune to uh, uh, to things things like that. Mm. Um, which you know, and I don't know if that's you know is that good or is that good or bad? Uh, mm, yeah, I, I do. It, it it's it can be a a concern that things are going too far in the sense that we're not really we're kind of numb to things that's supposed to make us afraid like what is there left for people to be afraid of um i feel like this might be a, a bit of a, a deep comment in reaction to this particularly <laughs> sweet and adorable play <laughs> i did uh, love the, the the difference between the, the reactions though because once uh avery has kind of realized why Daryl is being like this. She kind of almost immediately goes on the sympathy. He needs a friend. We need to take care of him. Whereas Billy's kind of more, I don't know whether it's just because he's still irritated at being woken up in the middle of a night. <laughs> he might just be cranky, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. 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 That was, yeah. I thought that, I thought that was a nice touch where she, she persuades Billy to come over to her side and, <laughs> and be more accepting. Yeah. Uh, of Daryl and I I think that's a good you know I think that's a good thing for you know for everyone to be to be more accepting of Mm. things they don't understand so you you know you can you know build a a a bigger picture Mm. and again it goes back to being a commentary side of the whole uh ghosted thing because ghosting people has very much become um a way of a lot of our society is dealing with things so rather than uh talking to people people will just ignore it which is obviously yeah what yeah billy and avery try to do at first and then eventually they uh come around so i think it, it again it's an interesting commentary on the way we choose to deal with our interactions and the way we should be dealing with interactions yeah it's yeah it's, cer- it's cer- it certainly can be we 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 take we take an awful a lot for granted these days mm. and and uh you know personal uh personal relationships and interactions uh, you know since the, since the pandemic i mean it's we're still i think we're still trying to get back you know pre-pandemic yeah days that's kind of what it is at center to me is it's 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 funny it's very sweet but it has these kind of subtle layers to it um which to me in reflect on our society different aspects of our society whether a different audience would see it that way i don't know but that's how it felt to me yeah 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 I, yeah i think you're i think i think you're right about that i think i think you you can look at that play uh 
uh, a couple of different ways. One, it's it's a, a very sweet little comedy, and you know if if that's all you want to think of it, that that's fine. That fits. If you if you want to have that bigger commentary uh, about alienation with uh, between people, uh, you you can also fit that you know fit that in i mm. you know i don't know what the uh you know playwright's intention was but uh uh you, you know you you can you can you can fit that fit that play into a couple of different uh slots if you want yeah and I, I, again it's done the other thing which good theater is always supposed to do and it inspires conversation because yeah. yeah i mean well, we've sat here and talked about it so <laughs> Um, so we are running uh, out of time. Uh, so Greg, final thoughts, overall impression of the piece as a whole? Uh, I, I liked it. I think it could be, it would be a very nice, nice uh, play for, a, uh, you know, any, any theatrical company wanting, you know, doing a, a you know, a 10 minute festival. And uh, it was, you know, very, very nice, good, nice characters. Good dialogue. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Rachel, thank you for having me. And, you know, I I, I truly admire what you're doing and mm. uh, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be, to be part of it. And uh, thanks for having me. So there we have it. Another episode gone and almost a third of the way through the series already. Thank you so much for joining me, Greg, and the cast of Ghosted, and I hope you enjoyed both the play and our chat. I will, of course, be back in a fortnight where I'll have another guest to talk to and another play, this time a little more sinister. In the meantime, though, I've been Rachel Feeney-Williams, this is Theatrical Shenanigans, bringing down the curtain and saying, I hope you can join me next time. Theatrical Shenanigans was an RFW Scripts production, with music written and produced by Chris Cody. 